The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. It's nine minutes after eight. Thanks for tuning in. And now in recent years, there's been intense debate about intelligent robots, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, and the fourth industrial revolution. In fact, many experts suggest that we are now experiencing the fourth industrial revolution and that they have already started deliberating on how to respond to these new technologies and how these will revolutionize how humans work. And the doomsayers out there are already saying that robots are going to take over. A recent study by Accenture Research and Frontier Economics has revealed that artificial intelligence technologies will have the potential to increase productivity by 40% or more even and will increase economic growth at an average of 1.7% across 16 industries by 2035. So the big question is, where will this leave us? as human beings. So on the forum at 8 this morning, uh, we look at the fourth industrial uh, revolution and ask whether robots will indeed take over. But before we start, some of you might have forgotten what the other industrial revolutions were about or maybe never even experienced it. So here it is. The original industrial revolution was driven by the discovery that you could use steam engines to do all kinds of interesting things. That was followed by additional revolutions for electricity and computers and communications technology. We're now in the early stages of the fourth industrial revolution, which is bringing together digital, physical, and biological systems. One of the features of this fourth industrial revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing but it changes us. We need a different economic model that will allow us to meet the basic needs of every human on the planet and that will be focused not on growth per se, but on maximizing human well-being. We have energy technologies that can power our civilization, but how do we get it and implement it at the scale we need at a price that people around the world can afford? If we're able to do something to transform cities, to make them more efficient, then the impact can be huge. We can use asset tracking, we can use IT, we can use 3D printing to decouple growth from the resource constraints we have. The question of adding quality to quantity, it's really about a diverse, safe, healthy and just world with clean air, clean water, clean energy. Together we are fighting to preserve our fragile climate from irreversible damage and devastation of unthinkable proportions. The prediction of 5 million jobs lost by 2020 to technology is serious, but the main question is how will we define work? How will we share the wealth? How can you have a doctor that really knows a lot about data? How can you have a biologist that knows about medicine? We have to create a space that enables people to think freely, to think divergent thoughts, to think creative thoughts. We really need a new education new training. We're working with a world in motion in FIRST Robotics, trying to encourage students from third grade all the way up through the end of high school to pursue science, math, and different technologies. This ability of digital technology to change outcomes, to truly empower people that can create a more equitable growth. Fourth Industrial Revolution has the potential to make inequalities visible and to make them less acceptable in the future. I was the first person in the world to be able to voluntarily move my legs while stepping in a robot. The cure will be possible 
if enough of the right people have the will to make it happen. We're seeing this incredibly exciting convergence of genome editing, DNA sequencing. Governments have a very important role to play in enabling the safe and effective use of technologies. We need to take responsibility at every level of society to adapt to these technological challenges which are redefining what it means to be completely embedded in this world. Even though we have everyday problems, we have to solve, we have to find a way to lay the foundations for the innovations of tomorrow. And that was a short documentary on the fourth industrial revolution produced by the World Economic Forum. So joining us this morning uh, to try and help us navigate uh, through all of this is uh, Emily Volmer, who is an entrepreneur. She's president of IBA Global and a qualified industrial designer and computer scientist who has worked on intellig- uh, artificial intelligence. And uh, Emily is in our Cape Town studios. Thanks so much for your time uh, this morning, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. And we also have uh, with you in our Cape Town studio, uh, Khalid Kalpi, who's a 25-year-old dynamic entrepreneur who is currently working on an electric car for South Africa. Khalid, thanks for your time as well. Pleasure to be here. So all of that, I must say, you know, you listen to it and you almost feel like the world, the earth is moving and you're not quite sure if it's an out-of-body experience or, you know, what exactly is going on. And I think for the most part, Emily, this is what actually uh, really scares people, why people would even think that we may be overtaken by these robots. So if you were to allay people's fears, what would you say in explaining what artificial intelligence is? Um, well, <laughs> the technology is moving at a, at a rather fast pace, and, um, and it's, it, it is actually quite frightening at, um, at how fast it is moving. And um, at the moment, um, we are looking at um, at the fourth industrialization, and that is already quite a scary thing. Is our job are our job safe? Um, you know, what does that mean for us? And um, and I can actually say that you know, realistically, automation is here and it's coming with a vengeance. <laughs> and um, and at the moment, um, you know, I think that uh, the automation will largely dictate the direction in which the jobs are going to swing. And um, and right now uh, we are looking at the at the low um, uh, sort of a, um, or high rate of unemployment in South Africa, and um, and then we we're looking at automation and artificial intelligence, and everybody's uh, sort of uh, you know biting their nails. What does that mean for us? Mm. And um, and are we safe? Are our jobs safe? You know, and um, and that is actually the the. The, the big question that is here at the moment, and we hear it a, a lot, um, we actually took um, individuals from South Africa to Germany in November um, to teach them um, artificial intelligence and to show them and demonstrate what that looks like and what that means. And, um, and that was already quite scary for most of our youth and youngsters that we took over there. And, um, and you know, it's it's... It's actually quite. Uh, it's a. It's a question of adaptation um, to technology, and um, you know, do we embrace it? How far do we embrace it? You know, it, how fast is it coming? And um, yeah, so all in all, I mean, um, artificial intelligence. For for instance, we have created a, a software called Be Work Happy, 
um, which is obviously uh, another form of artificial intelligence, which is not, uh, which is less scary because it it assists with um, with automation. It assists with um, with uh, bringing jobs closer to the public and the public closer to their jobs. And um, so this uh, this is another form of artificial intelligence which is meant to actually simplify processes. Mm. And um, and that is uh, that is another form of artificial intelligence that one can look at in terms of sim- simplifying processes and uh, making making um, um, the world a little bit smaller. You know, bringing everything closer together. And the biggest uh, the biggest uh, challenge in South Africa is access access to opportunities and access to information and access to jobs. And um, a lot of jobs, uh, you have to actually have access to a computer. You have to go there and go and find a job um, online and s- submit a CV. Um, and if you imagine the, the, a normal guy in the township that you know might have challenges finding these resources, still has uh, access to a mobile phone, which is another form of a machine. Mm. Um, and um and can actually now speak a cv and f- uh, be matched right away with a job that is actually what we are working on bringing to the mass and to the public um in terms of wow. simplifying processes so no more going to a call uh, center or some agency where people will then you know scrutinize and do a face to face interview with you and decide whether you are actually suitable for the job no, not anymore. Oh, wow. uh, we are doing away with that process. Is the recruitment um, agency gone? <laughs> no, uh, we're actually working together um, in, uh, with a recruitment agency. We are actually saying that, um, you know, even for a recruitment agency, where they had a lot of people going through CVs and spending a lot of time on CVs, they can now assign them to a better task in terms of really interviewing the pe- person that has been matched and getting to know the person better. Um, but so would the reality really be, Emily, that they would, they would then need fewer people at that recruitment agency? No, it just means that they will be able to take the people that were initially just, you know, spending time reading uh, CVs and going through CVs. They will then spend time... Uh, or assign these people to a, to a better task, a better task uh, that is a little bit more valuable than just reading a CV and allow us to actually match the person with a job that they have on their database. Um, so it's, it's actually humanizing the process. <laughs> well, we'll come back and we'll talk more about this and uh, we'll field your questions and some interesting comments already coming through. Um, I want to talk about augmented reality as well. And I wonder, if, as you're listening to Emily speak, what are you thinking about in terms of uh, the sort of developments um, that you have seen that you fear may actually take over jobs, may push people out? Uh, talk to us about all of those. The lines are open 891 The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them.
Thanks for tuning in this morning on the Forum at 8. We're talking about um, uh, artificial intelligence because many people uh, seem to be concerned at the moment that we might be overtaken by robots. Uh, the fourth industrial revolution and what that brings about. Um, uh, and again, you know, just going back and trying to break this down. So the first industrial revolution used water and steam power to mechanize production. And then you had the second that used electric power to uh, create mass production. The third, um, which is where we still are, uh, uh, Emily, am I correct? Uh, Absolutely. We are still in the third. The information age is what we like to say, um, is where we are at at the moment. But then the fourth has also crept in already. um, And uh, we're talking about how then uh, will this affect you and I? Um, uh, You know, the industrialization that uh, we're talking about that is characterized by a mixture of technologies and blurring the lines between the physical, the biological, uh, the digital spheres, as we heard in that documentary uh, that was produced by the World Economic Forum. But it begs the question then, where does that leave us human beings in terms of the workspace as well? Because, Emily, I was at McDonald's not a a while back and the lady um, at the the cashier, she actually pushed this uh, thing out, what do you call it, this gadget that you um, uh, put your card in to pay. And previously, you would hand your card to the person and they would do all the work, punch in whatever. The only thing you would do is to punch in your code, your secret pin. Now, you are doing everything yourself. And I asked her, Sissy, do you realize that you may not be needed there too much longer? And she said she hadn't thought of that. She just thought, you know, this is making her life easier. So... As we progress and as the technology improves then, Emily, what sort of skills would she need to have to remain relevant in McDonald's? Well, <laughs> um, when, you, when you look at the technology and how fast it's, it's going already in terms of um, automation and uh, simplifying processes, um, you know, computers are already so far that they are learning to mimic um, you know, the skills of, of uh, their human predecessor, I can say. And um, they are already, if, if, a, if a job has um, sort of a routine uh, pattern, you know, it's going in a pattern that is predictable, um, you know, that, that already poses a threat in terms of um, automation because if it's predictable, the computer can easily learn the pattern and how, how the 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 process uh, is actually handled and actually be able to do that themselves. So yes, eventually she will be replaced um, by a simpler process and a robot or a, or a system or an um, yeah a system that would actually um, you know replace that job. But you know that is uh, new jobs as a result of that are also being created. Um, and in terms of that, I think. <laughs> I think, um, you know, the skills that are needed for the future, uh, it's mostly um, um, critical thinking skills. And, um, and those are the skills that actually, you know, every school should offer.
Mm. Um, but therein lies the problem, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Because as Unati says, uh, we are so far from having robots in South Africa. Our education system is bad and people um, will still do these jobs for a long time. I don't think so, Unati. Uh, yeah, well, we may be having a problem with the system, the education system, that may not uh, be quite as um, up to speed as we would like, but it, it won't stop the robots from coming through, will it, uh, Emily? No, <laughs> it won't. Uh, we are also operating on an on a international level. And to be quite honest with you, I mean, automation will have a bigger impact in South Africa when compared to other or to our developed market uh, counterparts. Um, because our economy has um, a larger number of unskilled laborers who may not have an alternative means to, of work and um, meanwhile, the skilled laborers with degrees can potentially move into other sectors quite fluidly. And, um, and this is actually quite uh, the problem is uh, in terms of the, the unskilled laborers. Um, you know, since the technology is moving so fast, you know, the fear is obviously that automata- uh, automation would have to kick in fast in order for us to compete on a, on a global level. Khalid, let me bring you in here talking about the skills that would be required. And you are working on an electric car. Talk to us about this. Well, the whole project mostly started way back in 2013 when the concept and the idea was looking at the global world as as a whole. We have rising carbon emission levels. Let's look at South Africa as, as as a topic that we're looking at right now. We have an abundance of free energy. We have an abundance of people that are constantly buying new cars every year. Year on year, we're increasing by more than 3% on the amount of cars on our road. Congestion constantly increasing. Noise pollution, sound pollution is rife every single day. How how long do you take to get to to the office every morning, if I may ask you? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. You are fortunate, very fortunate. (laughs) Some people will spend, what, one hour, two hours sitting in traffic? Well, when I come to work, there's no traffic <laughs> because I'm here very early in the morning. The early riser. The early yeah. riser. Very fortunate. So there's no person. traffic are, at that time. You are a blessed person. <laughs> but for most people, you end up going to the office. You're spending at least an hour to two hours sitting in traffic. Now, let's start looking at the amount of noise pollution that, that generates with the amount of congestion that generates in, in every single major city affects people's psychology, affects people's health. Well, let's start looking at it from the electric car point of view. Firstly, that car is silent. It's very comfortable. Secondly, it reduces the amount of carbon emissions we're releasing, which is potentially a very good thing for South Africa. I mean, we can lead the way for Africa in that sense, as well as the potential movement with AI where we're moving to fully autonomous vehicles. If we look at Tesla, who's leading the way in America, that is the direction that they want to take. So it's future-proofing South Africa for a globalized world. So how far is uh, your project at the moment? Well, the design has been created. The car is still undergoing tests because at the end of the day, a person will hear an electric car and they're first going to tell you, well, the car can't go that far. I mean, is it really any good for me? Mm. Well, that is one aspect you have to look at. It's also how long does it take to charge. So we're going through quite a lot of tests. The car has been developed. It's currently getting tested by multiple people. I will not name names at this uh, time. But 
in the near future we will be making an announcement when and how much it's going to be for South Africans to go and purchase this car. Okay, but before I get to the other technical questions, so so who's <laughs> testing this car? Do you need any particular skill set? Because I can drive. <laughs> <laughs> You're more than welcome. <laughs> but, you know, you, you point out, uh, you know, to um, the, the, the pitfalls that people would uh, want to point out. So how long can it go for before it needs to recharge? It goes 400 kilometers on one charge. Now, yes, people will say 400 kilometers and say, well, a long-distance travel, you're usually going much longer than that, and especially if you're trying to do Cape Town, Johannesburg. But on the layman, this is a car for the people who are going to be using it on a day-to-day basis. A single charge of that will give you 400 kilometers is more than enough for your day-to-day routine for almost a whole week. Mm-hmm. And then you have to take into the cost factor. How much do you pay for petrol? converted to how much you're going to pay for electricity to charge this. But we live in South Africa, which is very fortunate. We we have windy cities. We've got an abundance of sunlight. We can also use hydroelectric power. And and there are a lot of new technologies incorporating free energy. So the possibility in the near future to provide to the South African people (coughs) an opportunity to acquire free energy to charge these cars is very um, very true, very possible. Yeah, I tell you, it's fascinating. And um, are you starting to feel a bit worried about where you're at and uh, what's likely to happen in the sector in which you operate? We're talking artificial intelligence, and uh, we are asking the question this morning uh, whether robots will take over because some people are, in fact, scared that that might happen. The Forum at 8 on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. I must say I'm having tons of fun and loving the comments coming through this morning. We're talking about artificial intelligence and uh, the fourth industrial revolution and asking, you know, uh, will robots take over? Because some people actually are fearful of that. And uh, we just, uh, you know, um, having a discussion about, uh, for example, the sort of skill sets that would be required. We're speaking to Khalid Kalpi, who's a 25-year-old entrepreneur, very dynamic, as you can hear. And he's currently working on an electric car for South Africa and as he says it's already around people driving it around test driving it and uh, Emily Volmer of course entrepreneur president of IBA Global a qualified industrial designer and computer scientist and she's worked on artificial intelligence and uh, absolute breath of fresh air and just breaking it down Um, Emily here's one uh, that says this is so informative Sakina I run an e-learning center in Mdansane Township and I would like to connect with Emily uh, do you have internships or learnerships available, um, Emily? Um, yes, we do. Um, uh, I'm glad she asked. Um, we actually have, uh, we are running uh, two projects. Uh, one is the artificial intelligence um, and uh, IT, um, in which we um, have at the moment uh, employed about uh, 20 South African uh, learners uh, to sort of sample our technology. And at the same time, we're running the entrepreneurial version of um, of uh, uh, IBA Global's um, uh, services, in which we would uh, take an entrepreneur and actually uh, have them shadow a successful entrepreneur that is within the same industry as their business uh, that they would like to pursue. 
And um, so for her running an IT business, um, it's actually quite perfect. Mm, that's where you should be at this point in time. Uh, there's a question from Unati Khrudbom who asks, um, Khalid, do you have, uh, have you overcome the issue of hijacking? Are we going to be safe from hijackers in the electric car? I mean, are we safe from hijacking in a diesel or petrol car? I'd love to ask him that and find out. Do you know, it's, it's, it's very relative in society. I mean, to a degree, you can put in systems that can make it a bit safer. But as it is, to make a car safer is going to cost you more in, in reality. Um, at best, you can do is take precautions and due diligence wherever you're driving. But that's... Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to say we're going to make our car night rider and it's going to be able to, you know, shoo away any person trying to hijack you. I mean, we're not why yet not? at that level. Why not? <laughs> well, why not? Yes, dream big. Yes, but um, there's one a day. gap. One, there. one day, one day at a time. Eh? Let's, yeah, someone needs to come get... up with that. I think that is sorely needed right now in South Africa. I want, I'm going to take a few calls, 891 but I just want to run through some of the messages that are coming through. So uh, remember yesterday uh, we were talking about um, uh, the Auditor General's outcomes, and um, you guys never disappoint with your messages, I must say. And uh, someone sent a, a message saying that, uh, yeah, Sakina, um, this thing of um, artificial intelligence is very timely. Um, um, and I'm just trying to locate that SMS uh, because I thought it was really funny. It says it couldn't uh, come. Um, it says artificial intelligence can't come soon enough for some South African municipalities because the so-called human intelligence just ain't jacking it after the AG's report yesterday. And then a few others as well. Buzz says, I remember when uh, you had two phones in the post office and they would put you through to a person and uh, there was a lot of people working in the post office and then cell phones came and those people lost their jobs. TT says artificial intelligence is okay when used to alleviate workload like lifting up patients. My worst fear is when it surpasses human minds and takes over our lives like having robot doll lovers. And I was reading something about this the other day talking about uh, you know uh, uh, some robot that would be able to engage in coitus with human beings. Did you see that Emily? Yes. (laughs) Is this for real? Uh, yes, it is. Um, I mean, they, they, as I say, wherever there's a solution that can be <clears throat> created, the mind is now just going wild with uh, imagination in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the use of AI. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember a speech from, from the previous president of, uh, of, of the U.S. He says, to even stand still, we have to move very fast. And um, and I think that is that is what is happening to us at the moment. You know, everything is moving at a rapid pace. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's it's you know it's going to replace now the the actual human. But but, uh, but but some people just don't want to deal with emotions and all of that. So they may then decide no, this is easier. Yes, some 
What do you Remember call that it? Remember, there has been there, there has been already uh, this amount of toys and things like that that are useful and and things like that. I mean, that is, anyways. <laughs> but um, you know, it's just being made better with uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, so it's it's not replacing the person. It's just really making the technology better or the whatever was there already. It's just improving on it and making it even more swifter, more um, more know, real. Res- res- or responsive to the demand that is out there. Oh. And um, so it's, uh, I mean, that is that is really what it is. It's to feed a, a demand and, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's take a few calls. 891 Sam is in Johannesburg. Good morning, Sam. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Welcome. Yes, I, I must say, this is very scary. <laughs> Why? It, it, Why are you scared? You know, Sakin, I'm also an inventor. I'm also a, 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 a business analyst as well. There were some inventions that I thought of way back. But to me, I think um, the ethical part also needs to, you know, uh, play a part in whatever that we do. Because some of the inventions that we think of um, would benefit a very few people uh, and, and, and disadvantage the larger population of our country. So, uh, like she's saying, she, 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 she has a drive to, to compete globally, but um, is the country ready for that? What is it that has been done, you know, for, for unskilled people? If you're going to have them replaced by robots and this artificial intelligence, what is it that they are doing to, you know, to, 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 to influence the education and to upskill these people so that by the time these robots and artificial um, inventions come in, these people cannot be replaced, but they have a, a, a place to play in this uh, environment. So I'd like to know what is it that they are doing that will make people ready for this because they can come up with this, but they are not benefiting the larger population. It's only very few uh, 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 people that will be benefiting from this. Thanks, Sakina. Thanks, Sam. And and before I take another call, I have a message here on uh, something similar there uh, that I also just want to add as you answer that question. Uh, someone was asking on um, uh, the uh, the SMS line, do all countries have to buy into this, or Emily, or can we be about, uh, uh, remain, can we remain ancient just to preserve manual artisanal ways that's from tm madala well we have already we are already uh, being automated i mean if you if you look at artificial intelligence and machines and robots uh, you know when one imagines a robot you imagine you know this thing this being with uh, with arms and legs and mm. blue eyes and mimicking a word um, actually, um, machines and robots come in a form of a mobile phone. And already, um, you know, people are using mobile phones. They can't live without them. So we are already on the way to automation. We cannot remain ancient. Uh, if we remained ancient, then we will still be making fire with uh, with stones. Um, and, um, you know, at, at this stage now, in terms of, um, you know, responding uh, just quickly a little bit to the caller that called in terms of what can be done, um, 
you know, in my opinion and my two cents would would say that, you know, South Africa's uh, private sector should maybe create or should be encouraged and um, and pushed to create replacement jobs, you know, for those that are being lost, you know, by developing or stimulating the development of technology locally um, as we migrate uh, or as we start migrating to the autonomous world. Um, and in in that sense, I mean that is uh, it's it's about job creation, you know, encouraging entrepreneurship, um, and then obviously looking at the new trends and then adopting those new trends to create new type of jobs that will come. You know, the jobs that were previously um, um, in existence no longer exist, such as you know people. Lots of farmers that were sp- using spades and rakes on the on the field are now using a tractor, you know, things like that. So technology has moved along, and we have followed it. Mm. And new jobs have always been created along the way, and that is what we need to start doing. You know, instead of being afraid of this monster coming along the way, we can already start, you know, looking at uh, uh, technological ways in which we can actually, you know. Uh, counteract uh, towards what is coming, and um, yeah, so that is that it's coming. We're not gonna stop it, and we're not gonna remain. We're not gonna stand still because our economy needs to move, and um, so yeah. I mean, the only the only uh, um, issue here is obviously as automation comes and it doesn't require people, then economic activities will stop or would decrease. And that is also a challenge in which, obviously, new ways of how to embrace this technology has to come in. And um, you don't want people not spending anymore because mm. then automation makes no sense. Economic activities would stop, and that is that is obviously not what is needed. Um, so there is ways. Um, education is not going to be replaced. You know, the human brain will never be replaced. I mean, we're still working very hard on understanding the human brain, how it works. So the computer is really just doing what we tell it to do in terms of uh, simplifying processes and automating processes. Um, so it's not mimicking a human or it's not actually a human brain that is inside a computer. You mm. know? Uh, Khalid, do you want to add to that quickly before I go back to the lines? Well, yeah, I would love to add to that a little bit. Um, people shouldn't worry too much about it because artificial intelligence, we've kind of lump summed it up in this fear of what we've seen on television and movies like iRobot thinking that it's a post-apocalyptic vibe where robots are going to take over and do everything for humans. But we have to remember everything we utilize in today's, te- in today's age is using some form of artificial intelligence. When we use big amounts of data and it gets simplified for us, it, we're asking it to do something we need in order for us to get information to do something we want. And we need to identify the different forms of artificial intelligence that is out there and being utilized on a daily basis and know that it's there to assist us to get to a point where we want to be. And also that it is going to be the, the responsibility of corporate companies as well as up-and-coming entrepreneurs to, yes, utilize artificial intelligence, but at the same time provide methods of upskilling people that do not have the necessary skills or those jobs that would be lost and giving them new opportunities and providing that information, providing that route, providing the guidance to get people 
along this pathway. Because as we go, if we look historically, we couldn't stop the first industrial revolution. How is, you can't stop the fourth industrial revolution. It's going to happen. But rather than have fear, let's get for understanding. Mm, so we learn about geared, it. Yeah. So you gear yourself because at the end of the day, fear is a, fear without reason is scary. Learn more about what you're fearing, and then see what can you learn from it and adapt. Because humans have adapted for centuries. Mm. We, All right. So let's take a few more calls and then we'll come back to you, Doug in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? Very well, thank you. Now, Sakina, the promise of technology has always been um, that we would have more leisure. You know, that's always been the sort of futuristic world of, us, of humans living um, living quietly without having to do much work. Mm. And um, this wave of automation plus the, the wave of cheap power, because the moment um, solar power, the cost of it is decreasing at about 15% per annum and battery is the same, which means that in five years' time, solar plus battery will be half the price as it is now. In 10 years' time, it will be a quarter of the price. So we're on the brink of, of cheap power, both in terms of the environment and in terms of dollars. So with cheap power and automation, you can do anything. You basically have a team of machines that can build anything from anything. We, we, we basically come to the end of scarcity. There's no, there's, there will not anymore be a scarcity of the things that we need. Now, that's always been the economic problem. It's what capitalism was designed to solve, was the problem of scarcity. When we get to the end, when we solve scarcity, now we have a big problem. Because the system that we have in place now means that a small number of people own the, the companies in the world, effectively, the, 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 the manufacturers. And the, the problem is that capitalism will compel those companies to, to chase profits, which means automation. And mm. I don't think we need to. Un- I don't think we should underestimate the impact. We're talking about unskilled labour. This is not just unskilled labour. I mean, I'm looking at an article here in the Guardian that says that a CEDA report showed five million jobs, forty percent of the Australian workforce, face a higher probability of being replaced by computers over the next ten to fifteen years. So we're talking about carnage. I mean, we're talking about global unemployment rates of fifty percent. So in South Africa, I mean, it'll be a joke. So what do we do? I mean, effectively, the solutions we're proposing here are band-aids, where we say, well, we've got to prepare people. No, no, no. We have to fundamentally change our social structure. We have to renegotiate a social structure where every single human on the, on the planet gets money working or not, because there's not going to be enough work. You cannot require people to have to work to get money, because it's not going to be possible. And maybe what we have to do is we have to have a complete rethink of how we work. Everybody should be working three hours a day yes, instead of 25% of us working eight hours a day. And then it's, then it's a great future. I mean, imagine if everybody has sufficient, because it's quite possible, and doesn't have to work more than three, four hours a day. That's, that's an excellent future. The problem now is the spoils will, as Dan said, accrue to the few. So we have to change the system, which means direct action probably by the masses on the street. So it's going to be a political problem, really. Oh, Doug, thank you so much for that. Uh, really appreciate it. Tabzi is calling from Fochville. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina, uh, in your panel. Uh, Sakina, you should have had Shresha on this panel. Um, really, Tell really me, about, I've been begging her oh, all then, morning, but anyway. <laughs> but then, yeah, uh, you know, my uh, my point, basically, um, I want to say that, um, you know, this, uh, this fourth industrial revolution is coming very, very soon. I see this in my son. I've got a four-year-old son. 
uh, and uh, I bought him a couple of movies, and you know, I just bought them randomly. And uh, among his favorite movies are these cartoons that have got tech in them. You know, they're cartoons like your cars, your planes. There's uh, this cartoon called The Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Um, there's one movie that I would want to add, uh, suggest that all parents get their, their, their kids. Uh, it's called Big Hero. You know, um, robots are really taking over. Um, my son, he breaks toys, not to say he's damaging them, but he wants to see what's inside them. Mm. So I've given him the go-ahead. If you give him a tablet to play games, you will find him. You would have downloaded a game, a tech, you know, these, these games that I, myself I cannot play. And he shows me how to play. And I asked myself, at that age, four years old, I would, I would have been outside playing bricks, playing football and so forth. So um, the fourth uh, industrial revolution is really in close. I'm giving it 50 years. It will be here. And, yeah, it would have just taken over. And uh, we should just all impress ourselves for it. It's coming. We, mm. There's no other way. It's coming. Uh, thank you so much for the call, Tabsy. But given what Doug had just said previously, you know, it's very interesting. And I'd love to hear the panel's thinking around this because um, how do we deal with this uh, with children? Uh, do we just leave them or should we be, you know, uh, basically setting rules and limits as to what they can, when, how, how long, all of those things? Uh, but we'll come back to that in a moment. Adrian Durban, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Um, my um, uh, opinion is this, that South Africa has a golden opportunity to change the way of thinking because there's never going to be full employment anywhere in the world ever again, as far as I can see. Um, so we have to start thinking about how do we deal with this. And I think that we should have a system whereby people who've got skills, carpenters, electricians, whatever, teach other people to build their own houses. Um, people teach to learn crafts or painting. It doesn't matter what they do, as long as they do something. Um, and maybe then there should be a system where um, the unemployed um, are paid for by the government and through taxes and whatever. Um, and uh, you see where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we should find out who would rather live in the rural areas rather than in the towns and let those people into the bartering system again um, where they can grow their own food and have their own cattle and whatever. And people who want to work in towns can work in towns. Um, uh, there needs to be a whole, I'm not an economist, but I'm sure there's a way of doing this whereby pe- so that you don't have people idle. You can't have people idle, otherwise you have criminality. So you have to teach people, it doesn't matter what they do, as long as they do something and, and they get paid, even if it's just a subsistence allowance, they get paid to do something. Mm. But Audrey, then, are you suggesting that we go back to uh, the first industrial revolution in a time when the fourth is already starting to creep no, in? No, no, no. Because what's no. going to happen then? No, no, no. This, this all goes with the new, um, the new system because um, you're still going to have people who are unemployed because, um, because of the new system, and that has to go ahead. I agree. It has to. But you're going to have thousands of people who need ordinary jobs. And, and therefore, we have to keep them busy. They don't have to have jobs, but they have to be kept busy yeah. doing something. 
Uh, you uh, And I think uh, also going back to the point that Doug was making, we need to think about this, you know, a little more in terms of what ultimately happens. Gerald in Durban, good morning. Hi, Sakina. Yeah, I, I sort of differ with your guess, and I agree more, more with what Sam said. Um, basically, you know, the, the point that you lose your job is when it's cheaper to automate, and companies that don't automate probably won't survive. So, you know, if we don't upskill our workforces to do what uh, your guests say with the jobs that will survive, the, the jobs that require critical thinking, we're not going to survive. Now, the people that should be having sleepless nights about this are our people in our education department. I mean, we battle to yeah. get people to pass matric. They a few, only a small percentage ever pass maths. The government thinks it's okay to teach kids maths literacy, and uh, th- those kids are the bulk of them are already not are unemployed because they're unemployable. And uh, if you do not have critical thinking skills, you will join the army of the unemployed. Well, thank you so much. Uh, that's Gerald and Yaj in Cape Town. You get to have the final word. Good morning. Hi, Sakina. I think Doug and Audrey made such important points. We can't stop the march of the robots and the progress of technology. But what we can ensure is that the benefits are uh, spread through the entire population. We need to do that by reducing the working week substantially and combining that with a universal basic citizen's income. And this is being uh, advocated throughout the world. There is a basic income earth network in many countries now. And the pilot studies are being started already where every citizen gets a basic income. And we need to combine them with reducing the number of working hours during the week. And people can be uh, meaningfully uh, self-employed in the creative industries, in arts, and all kinds of other beneficial uh, activities for society, even growing food, craft industries, etc. That is the future. So you combine both. Well, thank you so much, Yaj. And uh, Pravan agrees with that, saying a universal basic income and volunteering uh, will be the future. Dexa says the cells in your body react to everything that your mind says. In artificial intelligence, your mind will connect and react with everything around you. Um, then a few others also. Uh, this one says uh, the, uh, uh, from Lule, who says, uh, this is scary stuff. If robots take over more job losses, uh, Sakina, um, Righteous Soldier says, basically, robots have eradicated a wide range of middle-class jobs already in several industries, uh, especially in manufacturing. Khatlane uh, says, as a mechanical engineer, I don't think it is possible for robots to completely replace humans. In some cases, you do need uh, the human intuition. Uh, Zolani says, uh, the era of artificial intelligence calls for a development of new skills and a new skill set to complement uh, artificial intelligence, but South Africa fails in skills development. Nakedi says robots have a cognitive intelligence inferior to that of a 10-year-old and they program for a specific task. So therefore, I suppose we're safe. And uh, um, then also a final one from Matlari. Matlari Paloi in Emelatleni who says um, the art of war will be highly automated. Drones and robots will be used uh, often uh, causing high uh, civilian casualties and property destruction. And out of the blue, Siri decides to do something on my phone. But let's just uh, uh, get our guests to wrap up. Uh, Let's start with you, Emily. 
<clears throat> Sakina, if you don't mind, I just want to quickly just add to the to the last uh, callers uh, mm-hmm. uh, comments uh, in in a, in a very short uh, thing, and um, and then to the last uh, uh, um, messages that you read is that um, uh, given that automation is in one sec uh, or um, in one sector. Uh, may result also in additional opportunities in another sector. You know, so there is still a promise for the future. And um, however, obviously, the ability for our economy and laws to adapt to the to this fast-changing environment will ultimately determine whether South Africa will or, um, will stay abreast of automation and uh, technological changes. And um, Doug uh, um, mentioned uh, a basic salary. Actually, uh, Doug and uh, Gerald mentioned a basic salary or a universal salary for everyone. Um, and I agree with that 100%. And, um, you know, it's it's just quite a challenge in terms of really motivating that because, uh, you know, everybody would look at or governments and corporations will look at the cost and everything. But, you know, my, my uh, take on that is that um, they would save costs in the long run if they offer everybody a universal basic salary um, because, number one, there will be economic activities um, if automation were to come into into the country for argument's sake, automation meaning less jobs uh, um, for for uh, the public, and less jobs means lower economic activities. And if there are no economic activities, there is no need for automation, mm. and uh, because people don't have money to spend, and they need spending. You know that's why they are automating their services or their their products in terms of wanting to lower the costs. And uh, when there is that activity that is happening in terms of if economic activities, then then it's easier. Obviously, uh, governments and corporations will then save on this uh, unpredictable cost, such as recession, uh, which also brings about a large amount of costs. Uh, that are associated with uh, non- no economic activities, and um, so I absolutely agree with that uh, with that uh, sentiment. And uh, it's just a matter of re- really motivating this uh, to go through. Emily and Khaled, I tell you what, thanks for your time this morning. Obviously, we need to have more conversations about this because I think the worst thing that can happen is for us to be caught off guard once again. We're already absolutely. lagging behind, and we yeah. need to make sure that you. Know, we make work of this. But thank you so much, El, uh, Emily Volmer and uh, Khalid uh, Kalpi, and to everybody who participated this morning, our Muslim listeners, Bilkish, Eid Mubarak to you. And uh, of course, I'll only be back on Tuesday, but you have a fantastic weekend. It's uh, just after nine, Nom Samzuli, up with the latest news.